Yeah, I was never really a big torch fan. I think I got that record for free somewhere. Like, uh... Oh, I can I can use this on the way home to keep this nice. <laughs> Start banging this. I've been on a big pentagram kick, so I, I took the plunge and I ordered some of those. You know, Peaceville has the nice web store now. It takes PayPal. I mean, it's all from the UK, but they reissued like Day of Reckoning and Relentless. I bought those because those eventually become like worth money, even though they're reprints. I caught them at that. Uh Power of the Rift show. Yeah, I missed it, I know. It was good? I thought they were great. Man. See, I want to see them. I think I'll be able to see them. They'll come back. Yeah, well, they're playing Maryland Death Festival again. They're going to play in New York next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, probably because there's always like that show that happens around MDF every year up here. Oh, no, absolutely. And I'm probably I'm banking on them. Now, do you think Godflesh is going to play in New York? Probably not, right? Just probably Maryland. Nah, dude. They, they, who knows when they'll play again. Mm. I mean, they played uh, in... London with Neurosis recently, or oh, they're, wow. they're scheduled to play Shit. with Neurosis in December, I think. Hmm. But who knows, man? They were great at MDF this past year. Hmm. That was like the whole reason why I went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play. Well, a couple of other bands, I mean, are playing that I want to see. And who knows? Maybe this will be the year I actually go. <laughs> so uh, we got Mike Scandato, The Last Stand, in Human, uh, all around. Brooklyn Bastard. Yep. Kicking it post-Thanksgiving. Yes. Just delivered to me uh, the, the, the um, repress of, uh, which, which one record is it? The New Nightmare. It's actually, the, it's, it's a repress in the sense that it, it's reissued, but it's the first time ever on vinyl. So oh, it's the first time on vinyl. Yeah, never on vinyl. It's the first human record ever on 12 inch. Oh, wow. So that makes it uh, extra special. <laughs> but yeah, it came out like about two, three weeks ago. It, uh, it was funded by... You know, Kickstarter, our friends and fans, and they made uh, 300 of them, 100 on white, clear, and red. And um, they're, you know, they're almost gone, actually, which is nice. And uh, now the guy wants to do our record from 07, Last Rights on Vinyl, next year, so that's going to happen, too. So, cool. We'll make that a nice limited run as well. So, it's cool, man. I mean, you know... These records were never on vinyl, and, and they probably should have been, but they just never were. So now that vinyl is there's demand for it again, that doesn't even seem to be tapering off, knock on wood. Um, you know, it's like, why not, you know, get them out there. Yeah, it feels like vinyl is like the only thing keeping record sales afloat these days. Yeah, although they, they say it only X percent it amounts for, but tell that to a band on the road. I mean, yeah. tell that to a, a, a functioning band who is selling way more vinyl than uh, CDs at this point, you know? I gotta say, though, honestly, people still ask for CDs yeah. at shows. They always, they always will. This is the, it's kind of like this weird myth. I feel like certain people who, who hate CDs or whatever are put out there or maybe certain, uh, you know, crazy music vinyl addict put out there that no one's buying CDs. Well, that's actually not true. Um... Especially, I would say, among people of a certain age that are still buying CDs. Um, a lot of younger kids are probably buying the vinyl who may not even have a record player because they're a fan of the band and just want it. But um, some fans buy all the formats you got. So it just varies. And CDs will still be here in 10 years. There'll be a lot less of them, but they, I think they'll still be here. And the prices will be a lot lower. I think. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that's the other thing. 
the CD sections at Best Buy, etc., are shrinking. But the prices aren't really shrinking all that much. Not yet, at least. But we shall see. And vinyl, um, as, as long as they don't try to bang people out too much, because uh, as we know, certain vinyl isn't that cheap either, but um, I think just the attraction is, is there, and uh, it's definitely helping, you know, bands, I think. Especially bands of, you know, the, the non-pop variety, you know, the underground genre bands, definitely. So. Also, it seems hard. I don't know if you ever really got into downloading, like Mediafire. Mm -hmm. That I didn't do too much. I'm fairly new to downloading, to be honest. I, I'm basically doing this thing where I'm taking hundreds of CDs of mine and getting them onto my computer and getting them onto my iPad and either selling them or storing them away forever. So uh, I was never a big Mediafire guy. It's harder to download these mm. days. Yes. You know, I, I've downloaded, I'm guilty of, you know, going to blogs and downloading stuff and, you know, Mediafire. But I, you know, also, for me, I, I would do it as a way to find out about something, whether or not I like yeah. it. And then a lot of times I would either, I either owned it on vinyl already and I needed something to put in my iTunes. Or I would check out the band and if I was into it, I'd buy out their, you know, buy their LP or whatever. Exactly. But, uh, you know, recently I tried to download some uh, old stuff, like some Rainbow, like mm -hmm. stuff I have on vinyl by Rainbow. And I wanted to have the digital copy, and it, it was you couldn't find mm. you know anything. But um, honestly, CDs, I buy vinyl, mm. and I'm a big, legitimate iTunes downloader. Yes, I am buying on iTunes yeah. lately. I just bought The Killing Joke last week nice. on iTunes, nine ninety nine. Boom, there it is. The only thing I'm, I'm missing is you know I like lyrics, I like credits, <laughs> totally. I think iTunes needs to do a little something in that department, um, which I can't believe hasn't really happened yet. Um, uh, some kind of lyric file, I guess something, I don't know, where you can see a little more about the record, which doesn't, you know, they don't really seem to have. That's possibly down the line. Um, and I'm sure the CD people will love that if that happens, uh, which will eliminate the need to, to look at the CD completely. Um, but yeah, I like buying iTunes. iTunes has... Things that you did not think they're going to have. Have you noticed that? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. you know. But, uh, you know, still in all, like, you know, I think maybe that might be something they adapt to their game plan, like mm -hmm. putting, you know, like more substantial artwork and, mm -hmm. you know, liner notes and LP, you know, uh, lyrics on. Yeah, stuff. no, I, I think that's in the future. We'll see. Um, but I, I also, I have bought on Amazon from time to time also, which sometimes is, is even less than, than the uh, iTunes price of a record. They'll seven ninety nine a record. Or an iTunes 999 record, which is pretty crazy. So, the thing is, though, in iTunes, I, I, you know, I mean, this this is just a uh, an opinion. I don't know about the back this number up, but I feel like still, even though guys like you know people into underground music, metal, hardcore, you know, doom or whatever, mm -hmm. are buying stuff off of iTunes, still, I would say the overwhelming majority of their uh, you know purchasers. Are people who don't give a shit about necessarily looking at the lyrics, like right. your, your typical like Lady mm -hmm. Gaga fan, or, mm -hmm. or a younger fan, maybe, or just yeah, people who might not have grown up um, with packaging or grown up looking at a CD booklet for a half hour or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> or a record for even longer. I mean, yeah, I mean it's disposable. Um, it just, it, I don't know. I mean. Everybody likes to just predict when this is going to end and this is going to end. I mean, I don't know. I uh, CDs will be around and, and vinyl will be around for as long as people want them. 
I mean, for God's sakes, the cassette came back in a way, I mean, not in the way that vinyl did, but uh, somebody thinks that sounds great, so hey, you know, <laughs> what can you do about that? I think it sounds terrible, but, you know, hey. Yeah. Nostalgic. So did you have a good holiday? Yes, I did. I was at my brother John's house uh, in the Slope. Um, it was kind of funny. His uh, his girlfriend, uh, I was like, I just assumed that she made all the food. And then when the meal was over, it turned out it was catered. So it was kind of funny. I was like, wow, I thought this was all cooked. It didn't really matter. It was good anyway, but it was just kind of funny. You know, you, you can pull off quite a quite a feast, you know, via catering. <laughs> Well, uh, we're rolling into the end of the year, end of 2012, and uh, a lot of um, you know, the top picks mm -hmm. of the year are coming up. Right. So rather than going with top ten, because I feel like I feel like top five is a little bit more of a meaningful number to me. Yeah. You know, you can come up with like I feel like coming up with ten top picks. Those last five are like <laughs> are they really that significant to you? True. True. So you know, I want to get to the point. I don't know. Exactly. Top five. So top know. five. This is. It's hard. I mean, I. It's it was a strange year for me in the sense that, um, as much as uh, like I love death metal and black metal, a, a lot of my year was spent listening to some non death and black metal and non hardcore stuff. Um, and particularly uh, my, my favorite record of the year is Dead Can Dance Anastasis. Um, this is a band that I probably discovered. I don't know, maybe twenty years ago, maybe a little less. In college, um, a, a genreless band in a way, a peerless band, right? Would you say almost that? Condensed? I don't even really know that much about them. They're, they, you can apply the goth tag, you can apply the almost like uh, world music, you can apply the orchestral, you can apply so many things to them. But what it boils down to is that it's a, it's a guy and a girl who, who were a couple many years ago and are not anymore Brendan Perry, Lisa Gerard who just make this music that just appeals to, you know, everybody. It, you know, if you see them live, you see all walks of people, walks of life at their shows. And uh, it's their, their first record in a, in a while, since like the mid-90s. They, uh, they had broken up and then did a reunion tour in 2005 and then kind of took a break again and got back together about a year or two ago. But this time, instead of just touring, they made a record. And they made a record called Anastasis, and it's really, really good. It's even better than the last record they made before the breakup, actually. Um, they both uh, have done a lot of stuff in movies, uh, particularly Lisa Gerard. Her, her voice can be heard in a lot of movies. Um, you know, it, she's just, it's just very hard to classify kind of like what they do. I don't know. I mean, they, uh, like I said, that they kind of crossed boundaries and genres, and um, they both have amazing voices, and they both play instruments, and, you know, they could tour with, like, a full orchestra, they could tour with just them on stage and a few people, and, you know, thousands of people would still show up. I mean, they had two nights at the Beacon Theater this year. They had done two nights at Radio City the last time they were in New York. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, I just feel like they're a band that I can just put on, and it just completely just transports me someplace else, you know? Um, I mean, a lot of bands can do that. Any good music can do that. But, um, yeah, I probably listened to that record. It came out in the late spring, early summer. and You know, it's a record I still listen to. I, I, I bought the record on iTunes. I bought the vinyl at the show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's probably my favorite 
my number one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going yeah, go different order yep. uh, of the year, actually. Um, and if we're uh, if, if we're talking in the realm of you know the, the metal world, um, a band that's uh, you know might not even be metal to some people, but the uh, band from the UK, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, uh, Bloodlust. That's probably my favorite record in, in the uh, metal world of the year. Uh, I don't know if you know too much about them. I haven't heard it. I didn't that name. I have not. Yeah, they, they are. They're, well, they're on Rise Above now. Okay. Their record came out in the UK in 2011. Vinyl only. They put it out themselves. Rise Above snatched them up. They put it out. Pumped out the vinyl only, several pressings. The CD just came out last week, or two weeks ago, on iTunes. And um, a, a hard CD. There was a limited CD that they made going for a damn fortune. Uh, the interesting thing about this band, they haven't played a show yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> they... <laughs> I mean, they're kind of getting lumped into the Ghost hype, although they really sound nothing like Ghost, as it, I mean, at all, in my opinion, except that they both sound older than what, you know, than what they 70s are. They're 70s kind of sound. Or... Yeah, it's 70s. It's, um, it's just really catchy and really good rock, dark-like music. That They made two music videos, and the, the music videos look like footage from the, the, the dance party in Dracula's uh, 1972 AD. That's kind of like, that's like, it just, I don't know, it's just very kind of like Hammer meets like, I don't know, uh, late 60s, early 70s, drug, psychedelia, horror, rock. That's kind of what they are. Kind of a cult. But the record's called Bloodlust. You can get it now, finally, in America, on iTunes and the CD, uh, Metal Blade, Rise Above, put out the CD. And uh, they're playing their first show ever in March in England. So it uh, should be interesting to see what happens for them this year. Um, so, yeah, we can talk more about my crap, but let's hear what you no, love. Do your first five <laughs> now. We'll okay. Um, another record I love this year, it's, it's, it's a 2011 in Europe. Came out in America in January. Devil's Blood, Thousandfold Epicenter. Came out in late January in America. So to me, that is a 2012 release. Um, I would say most people in America didn't know who this band was in 2011, so this was like their year, I thought. It is an amazing record. I predict the band is going to be a big band. If they, you know, make the moves that, you know, they want to make and, and keep doing what they're doing. They were the odd man out on the Decibel Tour. You know, I mean, female-fronted, you know, satanic rock band with all crazy metal bands. Um, I thought they were great. I know people who don't like it. I like it a lot. Um, I kind of get what they're doing, and I appreciate what they're doing. And, um, you know, there's a lot of bands with the female vocals, kind of a cult thing going on, but I think Devil's Blood is kind of stands alone in that department. Um, so, yeah, that's also on uh, Metal Blade in America. Uh, another record, my number three, uh, from New Zealand, Witch Christ, The Grand Tormentor. What an amazing monster band this band is um they they've had releases on small labels this one was on osmos uh the french label and um man they do death metal like it's no one's business i mean you and i've talked about this before in the past year or two there are these bands under the death metal banner that are that sound nothing like obituary they sound nothing yeah, yeah, like carcass they sound nothing like they sound nothing like what you think death metal is going to sound like but they are death metal they're just these this ominous, 
like band that you just I don't know I can't I, I can't really compare them to anybody. I think that they draw almost more from like the war metal scene. Yes. You know, like yes. Chaos. You know, mm-hmm. like revenge, blasphemy, and those types of bands. Definitely. But then you'll hear this riffing that goes. You'll hear a, maybe a full thrower tinge, or like you'll hear something that's okay. I get it now. Like I get you know why this is not black metal at all. <laughs> this is yeah. this is death metal. You know. Um, but yeah, it's called the Grand Tormentor Witch Christ. They make the, the most beautiful. Like this band makes amazing merchandise and like their shirts, all these like pieces of art and all their records on vinyl. All these beautiful pieces of art. This is their third record actually. Uh, they have members of uh, another great New Zealand band, Diocletian, whose T-shirt I'm wearing right now, and another also members of a band called Heresion, who also made a great record this year, Hammer of Intransigence. Um, all these bands uh, you could put under the death metal banner, but I don't know. They, they just have something in them that just completely separates them from, from uh, your standard, uh, you know, horror movie, uh, you know, murder type based death metal. Um, and uh, another more classic band who I felt put out a great record this year, Napalm Death's Utilitarian. Napalm Death have been on a 12-year good streak. How many bands that have been around as long as Napalm Death have put out solid records since the year 2000? I really can't name any. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, Cannibal Corpse have had some misses, Marduk have had some misses. All the bands that I really like have had misses, but I feel like Napalm Death's like you put on their new records, your 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 head is moving. You're, you're you're remembering the riffs. Like they never really phone it in, and that's just something that is just so admirable about that band. And of course, live they still destroy. Um, it's funny when they made the switch after Jessica Pato had left and then you know unfortunately passed away from a five piece to a four piece. I saw their first tours of four piece in America, and I was like, ooh, something's missing. Well, by the time they had come back. Uh, second time around, touring the same record, I believe, I was like, okay, they, it's, they got it. And they have had really, you know, I guess essentially no need to, to replace uh, a guitar since then. But, uh, I mean, they're just like a treasure, you know, honestly. Yeah, I, I, think of, I think of their sort of, when they turned the tide back into making good records, mm-hmm. was probably Enemy yeah, Business. Business. Yeah, Because that was the one that really, I mean, I like the records they put out in the 90s. They mm-hmm. all had... Good, good parts. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still Napalm Death, but then when Enemy of the Music Business came out, it's like a bitch slap, man. Yes, yes. Just, it was like energy, and you know the riffs were great, and there was like parts where you just want to like fucking smash things. Yeah, they were they were coming off the whole title. I mean, they were coming off of a very long Eric contract, and Eric, you know, financially kind of screwed them, and they were just angry. <laughs> so yeah. it comes across in that record. Yes, right? and they they also said that they were they were feeding off of. The bands at the time that were, and, and Nausum was a big influence on them, they were saying. And, uh, like, Rotten Sound was like, like, the other bands playing grindcore um, at the time were giving, were inspiring them, which is kind of, it's still really cool to read something like that. You know, you don't, you don't see that very much of, of an older band talking about how a younger band who essentially was extremely influenced by them inspired them. That's nice to read. That's, I, I don't know any of the guys in Napalm, but all the interviews I've read, and, you know, People I know that have been on tour with them have always said they're just like really cool guys. And mm. I imagine that those guys are just into music. Yeah, so, they're music addicts. I mean, yeah. but Barney and Shane, like, you know, like, you, you'd probably look at their record collections and be like, I knew this was going to have 
15 different genres in it. You know, like, yeah. you can just tell. I mean, and people I know who do know them just describe them as being just such good, nice, sincere guys and who support, have supported a lot of different bands and just, you know, love what they do. I mean, it, it's amazing that they are not only still together, but like I said, still making records that are good and recognized and still inspiring and influencing people, you know. Um, them in Musical Ways to play a sold-out show in October, about a 500-person room. And I tell you, I've seen Napalm Death, uh, I don't know, over 15 times since 1991. And uh, to see them now kind of on, on such an, an upswing, I think, is great, you know. They went through a few years where they were making great records, but you would see them, like, direct support from, mm -hmm. like, some, you know, like, band that has those guys with those haircuts. Exactly, or, yeah, or just playing, you know, a, a very small show, and, I mean, the first time I saw them was at Lemoore with Godflesh. <laughs> Godflesh's yeah, right. first show in America at Nocturnus. I mean, that was like, I mean, it was a different world. That was yeah. literally, you know, 21 years ago, you know, so, um, I mean, I saw them with Sick of It All, I've seen them with, you know, Nile, and, you know, I just, you name it, I mean, I've seen them a bunch of times. I've seen them headlined CVs twice, in the I 90s, Coney yeah, yeah. on High with uh, uh, Kiss of Goodbye's first show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Is that Coney on High? Yeah, it? that, no, that was Coney on High. That was Coney on High, yeah. But they played CBs a bunch. I remember they shot a video with CBs once. I mean, they've, you know, you name it, they've done it. And um, it's great. Municipal Waste is, is, is doing quite well, obviously, and taking them on, on tour, you know. I think that's awesome. I think going back to any enemy music business, I remember one of the coolest things about that record was the drum sound on it. Mm. It kind of was a departure from that typewriter kick drum yes, that a lot of yes. metal and grind had at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember the um, first time I heard that record that was on tour with, when I was in Anodyne, and we were in Canada, in Montreal, and uh, our drummer had had that record, and we were playing that in the, in the band. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, this is great. And we were all just in, in agreement that, oh, yeah, well, finally the drums sound like drums. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, uh, going back to a band, one of their peers, a bone thrower, I mean, I don't know, I guess, I love bone thrower, don't get me wrong, but if you really listen to the drums on some of the bone thrower early records, they're actually very bad. And even, <laughs> not only the sound is really bad, some of the playing is actually questionable on the first bone thrower records. But when you hear, the, 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 you know, the Metal Blade, the last three records they've done on Metal Blade, I mean, it's kind of like a night and day thing. But um, I don't know if any, if the average listener pays attention. I mean, some listeners do. Obviously, in the metal world, they listen to these things. But I don't think some do. So it's just funny how you, you point that out about uh, drum sounds, things like that. Yeah. But, uh, and I have a, a fifth record uh, for this year. Um I'm going to put a hardcore record in there, a band from Boston called Boston Strangler, the record's called Primitive. Um, I tell you, say what you want, Massachusetts and Boston, man, when it comes to hardcore, there's always a band every couple of years, almost every year, that I hear and I go, okay, this is this is good, or even if, if I don't even think it's good, they seem to just blow the fuck up, and I think this year it, it was uh, Boston Strangler. Uh, I don't know too much about them personally. I, I understand they are younger than you and I. Um, don't know how young they are, but this band sounds like 
the 90s never happened. Um, you know what I mean? They sound like the last 20 years of hardcore didn't happen. Maybe 25 years of hardcore didn't happen. Um, it's just, you pretty much you take your SSD, DOIS, last rights, and, you know, some ne- negative approach and early slap shot, just pissed off, raunchy, hardcore, with, like, mean vocals. And I got this kind of weird, cool logo that almost kind of looks like a swastika. I mean, just, <laughs> you have to see their logo, the Boston Strangle logo. You, you can look it up in two seconds and see it. But, man, does this band kick my ass. And I played it for some uh, some of the guys in my bands. And they're like, wow, this is really good. It's like, you know, just something about the record, uh, which was unbelievable. And a funny little side note, I don't own the record. You know why? Because it's gone. You can't get anywhere. There was one press of 300 and then another press of 200. And that's it. There's no CD. It's a 12-inch vinyl. I, I've, I've kept... I've tapped out of bids in forty-five dollars, Mike. Wow, I, it's yeah. I think there's one on eBay today for like forty-something bucks or forty bucks. I've tried to purchase this record several times. I, I have the downloads. I have the whole record on my on my computer. But man, I I, I want to own it. I can't believe it hasn't who, been repressed. Who put the record out? A small like not even a known label. I'm not even kidding. Like a, really? I can't think of the name of the label who put it out. But I don't know. Hopefully. You know, sometimes some of these bands, they break up in a year and a half. That's, see, that's the sad part about some of these new hardcore bands. Two, three years max and they're gone. Um, hopefully this band kind of sticks it out because I understand that, uh, that you know, that they're doing really well. I've seen their YouTube footage of their shows. And, uh, that, that they played New York. I think it was uh, Halloween weekend. I had a show myself, so I missed it, of course. So haven't seen them live yet, but my mission of the New Year is to catch them and to get their damn record. Yeah, hopefully they repress it. Yeah, see, I think it was, but it was another really small repress, and I keep reading conflicting stories of how many were made. But, uh, yeah, I mean, very impressed by them. And I'm going to do some honorable mentions. Go ahead. Um, another one, an old 90s hardcore band that I love, Strife, made a record that came out just a few weeks ago. I love it. I think it's great. It's just nothing but like, you know, mashy, hard, hardcore songs. Uh, another great record this year I liked a lot was Campbell Corpse's Torture. Um, it's weird. I seem to like one, not like one. Every Campbell record. Like, there's a record I really like, and that's ah, okay. I really like, this is the really like for me. Something about it I dug a lot. A lot of catchy riffing. There's some, I mean, I don't know. They, they don't really make bad records either, in a way, Campbell Corpse, if you're a fan. Um, but this one I felt just had a little bit more of an extra shine to it. I also really enjoyed uh, Paradise Lost Recognition of Tragic Idol. Um, although I did not really enjoy them live when they came to town recently because they seemed very bored and tired. It was the end of the tour with Catatonia, but who knows, maybe it was an off night. And uh, another record I really liked, uh, non-metal, non-hardcore guy named Sean Rowe from Albany. Proud record on Anti, which is the epitaph uh, sub-label called The Salesman and the Shark. Kind of like a, a, a modern-day Leonard Cohen, uh, Nick Cave singer-songwriter guy who just, I don't know, who has the deepest voice ever for a white male I think I've heard in my life. <laughs> and, I, I haven't um, heard this either, man. It's and uh, it's I just a lot of this kind of sad stuff. Um, but I don't know, something about it, I just it just caught my attention. And I picked up his record, Salesman of the Shark, and there's one from the year before, self-titled. Um, 
yeah, just some non-aggression music that I really like a lot that uh, I listen to quite a bit. And uh, I always have the records I didn't buy yet, but I should have bought. And it's from bands that I actually really like. It's kind of weird. I didn't get Anathema's Weather Systems, even though I loved the record from the, uh, the prior year. Uh, Catatonia's Dead End Kings, because I was playing catch-up this year with their last few records, because they've been belting them out in the past five years. And My Dying's Bride, Map of All Our Failures, uh, Failures, Decibel gave it a horrible review. I can't imagine giving any My Dying Bride record that bad a review. But uh, it's just, you know, there's just so much shit that comes out that I miss. And, uh, yeah, those are records I need to get. And then a record that comes out this week that I'm going to get is the new incantation, Vanquish and Vengeance, which made it to Decibel's Top 40. Although it wasn't even really released yet, so that was kind of weird. Yeah, but they got, you know... Exactly, you're right. They got, yeah, they've had it for two months, right. Yeah. But um, I've heard it. I've streamed it, and I like it a lot. They're another one of the Mike's old-timey death metal bands that he buys all their records whenever they come out. So that's... I always like their shit. And, uh, you know, after you're done, we can talk about stuff I'm looking forward to 2013. All right, so my list here... First, for me, it's got to be the, the new Neurosis record, Honor Founded Decay. Which I have not, I've only listened to one track streaming, but I actually, I haven't bought a Neurosis record in a while, and I want to get this one, because I really like it. I have everything that yeah, I've done. I know you're a big fan. And, and this record, I mean, every with every new Neurosis record, it just brings me, even though they're all, they're all slightly different, there's this one continuity that sort of binds all of them together. I agree with that. And for me, like, even though I've been a fan of theirs all through the 90s, back in, I think it was the, um, they were on tour for, uh, for Silver and Blood, and there's this one particular show they played, when I lived in Boston, they played the Middle East downstairs, and it was them, and I Hate God, and I believe Dead and Gone, hmm. and I want to say Anal Cunt opened. Probably. Man. And that was, like, <laughs> the greatest time I'd ever seen them play, hmm. and it really... That whole night was just like a, like a sort of, ma- I know this sounds corny, but it's like a sort of magical experience. Oh, I, I, can, I hear you on that. There have been many shows where I can say the same thing. Yeah, and with every high point of their records that's come out since then, I always feel like I'm brought back to that same night, and that's definitely with this new record, because mm. there's all these peaks and valleys and like really subtle parts on the album, and um, through all that stuff, I just grabbed this, the same sort of like, like continuity, that same vibe that drew me in to, to put them as one of my top favorite bands of all time was that mm-hmm. night. And I sort of go back to that same feeling. And I would say through Silver and Blood and also um, the... Uh, there are two in between, Silver and... Oh, there's, there's several, actually. There's oh, Given okay. to the Rising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's all kinds of records. One that completely missed on radar is the one prior to this new one that I guess I... Oh, know Given to the Rising. Yeah. Excellent, kind of excellent. That be, there, there were a couple of records that were a little quieter. Mm. Given to the Rising sort of harkens back to like the Drusilla and Blood era, okay. where it's more heavy, more aggressive sound. The, the track I heard from this record was one of the monster, ominous kind of tracks. Yeah, and that's the thing. This record is way more, I wouldn't say it's as aggressive as Given to the Rising, but it just has a more ominous like mm. vibe to it, like a little bit more, like, you know, sort of like lurking cool. kind of vibe. Now, to I'm going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get it. So that's my number one. Number two is uh, the new Swans record, The Seer. And, mm-hmm. you know, ever since, you know, even though Michael Gear has been around in one form or another, always, he's always been releasing records, either as Angels of Light or, right. <coughs> you know, just whatever he's doing. 
when the Swans finally returned, to me that was like a return to the fold of bands mm. that can bring the same intensity that bands like Neurosis can. Mm. And you know, and I caught I caught their um, their first return string of dates here in New York. They played two nights at the Williamsburg Music Hall, and I caught the uh, second night. And that's like one of the first bands I've ever seen to play for over two hours, and I wasn't oh, tired. I wasn't. Two hours. I couldn't. I, I was like, I wanted more at the end. They had an intermission. What? Wow. Yeah, it was a weeknight. I think it was like a they Wednesday. Had an intermission. Oh yeah, man. You don't see that. Bro. No, Oof. it was a Wednesday night or some weeknight, midweek kind of thing. I remember going to the show. They played an hour. Then they, they left the stage for a few minutes. And then a lot of people bailed because, you know, it was, late. it was getting late. It was like 1230. Jesus. They came back. They played, like, easily another hour. And at the end of that, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I, like, I want to hear more. But then it just ended. Wow. And I was like, and they just walked off stage. But their new record, it's the same deal, man. It's like, there's some, like, subtle parts. There's some, like, really, you know, heavy without being, like, metal. You know what mm. I mean? Like, no, heavy, no, like exactly. a heavy right. vibe. Yes. You know? And that's what I always loved about, about the Swans. It's like they use a wider variety of sounds and they would still be as brutal as like Master of Reality with Black Sabbath. Mm. And, you know, still as heavy as like, you know, the heaviest of like, you know, Godflesh records. They're a band that I admittedly, I, I know the name, I know who they are, I know the people names, people in the band's names. Yeah. But I know very little about the band and I, I know you've been a fan for a while and there's some other friends of mine are fans that's a, probably on my list of bands I should be listening to. So, uh, yeah, on, on your recommendation, I'm going to check them out a lot more. Now, this one is interesting. The Dark Knight Rises soundtrack oh, by Hans okay. Zimmer. i got to tell you, I listened to that record a, few, a good couple of times this year, and I know you liked it, obviously, quite a bit more than me. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, that's one of my uh, legitimate iTunes purchases. Because, <laughs> you know, I, that movie was amazing. That yeah, was, I can't wait for that damn disc, so you're yeah, right. You're, I already pre-ordered <laughs> the box set. Yes. Uh, the Blu-ray, Blu like, mm -hmm. Dark Knight trilogy plus, you know, mm. hours of extras. Uh -huh. yeah, I actually pre-ordered that, and I got a copy for my dad, too. Yes. Because me and my dad would do this. Cool, go. yeah, my dad was a big fan, so. That record, man... It's almost like a Burzum album or something, you know what I mean? It, it is pretty crazy. I mean, it, it has different kind of moments and style. Like, it kind of goes to a few different places. Yeah. But it's another kind of a creepy kind of record, though, in a way, also. Almost a lot of the music of the Batman uh, trilogy from Nolan has just this kind of, you know, sinister vibe to it, which obviously you need, in my opinion, for yeah. the subject matter that was, well, just not present in the Tim Burton Batman No. Films. <laughs> no, they didn't go far. No, no. Definitely different time and place. But, uh, yeah, man, that is a great record. Yeah, that Dark Knight soundtrack, man. There's a vinyl of it, too, Mike. I, I got to get the vinyl. Oh, yeah, it's out there. I haven't seen it. Mm. I need to, you know, I, I put that on a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. Either, like, you know, a lot of times when I'm, like, doing a cardio workout or something, I'll have that <laughs> playing in my headphones or... You know, if I'm just, like, writing or doing some sort of work, I'll have it on in the background. Yeah, one of my favorite records of last year was the Drive soundtrack. So, soundtracks are perfectly legit. Yeah. Uh, next up, which would be number four, is the Atriarch Alaric split. That's another one. Dude. Put that in my should have bought list, because I keep hearing about both of those bands. Yeah. Definitely need to check them out. They're probably uh, two of my top newest, like, newer, new-ish yeah. bands mm -hmm. that are around. I mean, 
you know, Alaric is like filled with, it's all, it's all veteran guys, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, a singer from Dead and Gone is in that band, mm-hmm. uh, remember New Thrush. West Coast guys. West Coast, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Both bands are West Coast bands. Atriarch is, um, I think, I don't know much about the personnel, I just know that Scott Kelly from Neurosis' son plays bass in that band. Oh, see that, that, I didn't even know, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I believe they're based in, like, the Oregon, possibly. One of them was here recently, correct? Atriarch. Atriarch, okay. Yeah, I, I, however... Yeah, missed it. I should have went I, and saw the pictures on uh, Broken Vegan. I went that. Should have went to that. I couldn't go. I was at a wedding. Ah. I had to go to a wedding mm. in uh, Rockland County, so <laughs> I missed the whole thing. Mm. So, two great bands, one record. They're both uh, very, you know, drawing from, like, sort of, like, dark, you know... 80s sort of, uh, you know, post-hardcore type stuff, post-punk stuff, you know, like, you can hear, like, shades of Bauhaus and, you know, Joy Division and all that sort of stuff, you know, Killing Joke, sort of coming together in both of those bands, and they both sort of interpret those influences differently. I feel like Atriarch has a little bit more of a black metal, like, doom influence on Mm -hmm. it, and Alaric still just goes further sort of down into that uh, Killing Joke sort of vibe. Yeah, I, I was going to literally do almost like a semi-blind buy of the 12-inch on uh, 20 bucks. Yeah, it's great, man. I have that, so too. I really put out the vinyl, right? Yep, yep. And uh, the CD is on, is the CD 20 bucks also, or is, it, or is that the final one? I think, uh, that I don't know. Uh, the, I only have the vinyl. You know what, I'm, I'm confused, because do they both have full lengths out? Also? Yes, Alaric has a full length that came out last year. Okay. Atriarch, but they both have full lengths out. Um, okay, yeah. They're both great bands. I hope to see both of them. At some point, yeah, I think we're probably going to hear more from both of those bands in the future. That's yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, my number five is the Napalm Death and Till Terrence. Yeah, you know, both, yeah. Uh, both in our number five slot. Yes, yes. And uh, everything you said, I agree with. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, wow, it's what a career. You know, I mean, Jesus, it's so it's so like as a musician, you could only you could only hope for that kind of career in a way. I mean, again, not a career filled with riches, but a career filled with just like. Respect and, and admiration. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have a runner-up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be uh, Serpentine Paths uh, record. However, the hell you pronounce that? Yeah, now, who? Now that is uh, some New Yorkers, correct? Yeah, it's all the guys from um, Unearthly Trance. Yes. Uh huh. Now, what separates this? I've not heard this record. What right. separates it from Unearthly Trance? We, we actually played. They played their first show with us a couple. I missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So. The record has all three members of Unearthly Trance. Hmm. Ryan is singing and not playing guitar. Uh-huh. Uh, on the record is, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's in uh, Ramsey's guitar oh. player. Oh, uh, Electric Wizard. And Electric he was on the last few records. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay. He's on guitar. Oh. A new addition to that band is a guitar player from Winter. Oh, wow. So when they, they played that, very New York. Huh. Yeah, so when they played, <laughs> when they played that show uh, at St. Vitus a few weeks ago, hmm. it was a two-guitar lineup, and it was just crushing. And that record is excellent. Oh, know. I missed your show because I had a show that Yeah, you had a show exactly. that night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, um, that was a really good night. And, uh, yeah, they, they were great. And, you know, the two guitars, I can't wait to see what they do next. Oh, wow. And that's on Relapse. Yes, yes, it is. I'd like to check that out. Other other records that came out that I thought were great was the new Van Halen record. You know what, man? <laughs> I literally, it's because one of my friends, Joe, keeps saying, 
why did you get that yet? Why did you get it yet? You can get it on iTunes. It gives you a bunch of extra songs on yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, I yeah. gotta get the damn record. I've heard, I mean, I know, but I didn't buy it yet. It's like, you know, there's nothing douchey about it. You yeah. know how, like, they put out a few records, like, especially this, I mean, I, I hate Sammy Hagar. Mm-hmm. I think he's, you know, yeah. his, his contribution to the band. Yeah, for all the success they had with him, they just, it's just a lot of sap, a lot of crap, a lot of, like, yeah. you know, a lot of, eh. I know, I know some people really enjoy that era, but I really not want to. I'm sure he's a cool guy, you know, Cabo Wabo. Yeah, you know. I, I, he, I heard he wrote a book that'll rock your socks that just tells you stuff that you shouldn't even know about the band. So Actually, I, I, wasn't he, I read that book. Uh, he was a singer in a band called Gamma, I think. Or Montrose. Mon- yes, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, Free Van Allen. Yeah, yeah. That was, and then he had a solo career. Free, free, free solo, right, right. With his uh, Can't Drive 55. 55. Yep, yep, the video... Definitely saw that a lot growing up. The Red Rocker. That the was Red his, Rocker. That was, he liked the color red. And for Ryan Stant, his, his, his uh, tequila is very good, apparently. I don't think I've ever had it. Um, I know it sells well. It still sells. So, hey, good for you. But as a singer of Van Halen. You're not David Leroy. Yeah, right. And I, <laughs> I, I'm so glad that uh, this new record with David Leroy is... is uh, mm. I've always loved David Lee Roth, too, man. I know that he's, he's a complicated guy. guy. Yes, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, he's a many-faceted guy. You know, <laughs> he had a, a short career as a early morning talk show host on Which, After oh, Hour. I got to so. tell you, I, I wish I had that run on somewhere, yeah. downloaded, because, man, that was some crazy stuff, especially in the times where it was the last few days where you kind of knew he was going to get let go and hope, like... What a crazy time that was, that kind of post-stern New York radio landscape with the Opie and Anthony and the David Lee Roth. And it was a funny time to be yeah. listening to radio. Because that was during the era where I, I would drive out to New Jersey for work every morning. And there was, um, <laughs> you know, end, when, I, when I started panicking when, I, when Stern was leaving. Yes. And then uh, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell am I going to do at like 6 o'clock in the morning yeah. driving out to, to Somerset, New Jersey? <laughs> So, and then, uh, you know, then finally the news is announced that David Lee Roth is coming, you know, to town. That was so And funny. I was like, this is awful. This is like one of the worst things I think, worst possible options we could go with. And then he, he just disappeared. Yes. And, was and, and yeah. then they it was, the whole station was, <laughs> was talk radio, 24 hours. Yep, yes. And I actually learned to enjoy a lot of it. it had, hey, Ron Fez was funny. Ron Fez was great. Yeah, people listening to this who are not from New York City area, I tell you, radio. It's I'm sure radio probably sucks throughout the country, but I just feel like New York in particular. You would think in, in one of the biggest cities in, in the country, and then they yeah. say of the world, you would think we'd have a better radio landscape, and well, we don't. It's very bad. Would you agree? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. And, but the the talk radio thing I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I liked it. You know, and then you know, Ron Fez is great. Penn Gillette had a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like that 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 uh, that chick there, the lady. Yeah, know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really in the it was such a one. short run, but it was interesting time. It was a lot of stuff would be in the papers every day, and it just it was just constant like the the impending like shutdown of the station. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then one morning, <laughs> one morning I, I, it was like one Monday morning, or it might even been like midweek or something. I remember I got in my, into the, you know the vehicle I drove around in, and like. Turn on the radio and it was like music. Yep. And without any, just, yeah. Without any herald or any fanfare, <laughs> they just ended the talk radio era and it became a music station. Music station. Yeah. So then I lost track. Of it. 
But uh, yeah, man, radio in New York City, it's no good. It's brutal. It is a brutal world. Boston's got great radio. It's See, all college. That radio. must be nice. That yeah. must be nice. They have great radio stations. They had um, WERS, was uh, they used to have a thing called Nasty Habits, which mm-hmm. was like an extremely long running like metal show mm-hmm. that was all through the eighties and the nineties, mm-hmm. and it no longer exists. I think. What a shame. I think. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Mark Thompson, who uh, you know, one of the guys who runs, who used to run Hydrahead Records, mm-hmm. he that's where he, he you know got involved in music from. He started. He went to school at Emerson. And he was a DJ on ERS. And that's mm-hmm. how he, you know. I think that's how I met him. That's, that's great. Man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the internet has filled that gap. Satellite radio has filled the gap, but it's not the same, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it, radio is. It's like unless you're like I don't know, a 16 year old girl or, or or 80 year old man or woman listening to. So yeah, it's like it's there's nothing for anyone. It's just so strange. Well, unless, you know, New York, if, if you're a big fan of modern hip-hop and modern yeah, R&B, yeah. radio is for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like radio with, like, this and This is only very specific to, like, driving, like, mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, like, on, like on tour or whatever. There's, like, AM radio stations yeah. that'll, that'll run, like, the coast-to-coast mm-hmm. um, show. But that's, like, it's some crazy hour, like, 3 a.m. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and... I actually can enjoy 10 10 minutes from time to time. Don't get me wrong. If there's like uh, some catastrophe. Oh, yeah. Seeing, I mean, it's, it's sure. But you can't just put that on all day long and just yeah. hear the same stuff over and over again. I mean, it's like crazy. Yeah, if there's like some, you know, horrible, like, <laughs> right. catastrophe, you know, storm or something going on. Exactly. Like during a storm, it's definitely interesting to listen to, you know. Um, but I mean, uh, it's, it's just so strange. New York. Like I said, it, it's it's such an important place, a big city, famous city, and you would think that we'd have a better landscape of, of not only radio, but I also you, we could you know get into the whole topic of, of Manhattan's club landscape just pretty much shrank to a great degree, and everything has kind of moved to Brooklyn. But that you know that's a topic in itself. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, New York's always is a mercantile city, man. You know, it's a city based around commerce, man. Mm-hmm. So it's like the kind of stuff that you and I are into, there's no, right. you know, if you look at what we are into versus, you know, urban mm-hmm. music, you know, or, or some sort of, like, soundtrack to, like, drinking alcohol and, right, like, you know, right. fingering chicks and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, that's that's really what where the mm-hmm. money is, so, of course, you know, stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, places like CDs or whatever, you're priced out, it's out here yeah, in Brooklyn, yep. but, uh, I mean, I gotta give props to uh, FMU. For hanging in, you know, they're yes. they're they're like you know, in Jersey. Jersey City. Jersey City is you know, it's it has it has its very bad areas, crime wise. But then there's you know, it's it's like a mixed bag, you know. Um, and they still do the record fair, and they they still you know have uh, uh, Pat Duncan still. I mean, there's things that haven't changed, thankfully, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if uh, if if Crucial Chaos is still on the internet. I, I NYU think. Yeah, NYU had, I mean, that was a great show of its time that even lasted well beyond years people thought it was lasting, actually. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's just uh, things change and people just seem to want things differently and they access things differently and, and uh, you know, the city changes with it, you know. The Pat Duncan show is a really important historical thing for mm-hmm. people into punk rock and, you know, 
sort of underground music. Oh, so yeah, that, that guy's been around since the late 70s. Yeah, he's been playing like punk and hardcore for a very long time, has had bands up there. Uh, my band been up, was up there in Human and, and did some songs about five years ago. Um, you know, no pretension, no, I mean, it's, you know, he gives everybody a fair shot, which is great. You know? I mean, Going even further back, like he's had the Misfits on there, <laughs> Black Flag, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Warshack, yep, mm-hmm. Born Against, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I don't know why. I mean, Doc Hopper, they come to mind. Sure, yeah, no, you know, Garden Variety, variety yeah. yeah, like you name it, like all of these bands. A band could go up there now if they want. Your band could go up there right now. Yeah. Well, my, my Lana and I played on yeah. there, mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, Tubes has played on there, but it was uh, it was it was a different show though. Mm. You know, it was, it was uh, Diane's show. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, but yeah, but like Pat Duncan, it's like a, it's like these sort of, um, you know, Peel sessions. Like playing yes, the Pat Duncan yes, show, very, like playing the Peel sessions. Peel. Mm-hmm. It's like the John Peel of like Pass the Radio. <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. and, and it was really, you know, he's like an important guy. If you don't know who he is, definitely check out the WFMU site. Mm-hmm. I think there's like old, you know, shows archived. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's like a, a very, very crucial and important part of like punk hardcore you know, history, not just in this area. I mean, like you know, mm-hmm. American hardcore and punk. You know. So how do you make out through the hurricane? Well, as I said before, we got on um, where I live, Bay Ridge, was pretty much untouched there. And, you know, aside from some tree damage here and there, um, very fortunate in that. You know. We didn't even lose power. It was fine. Maybe some lights flickering here and there. Um, however, my the neighbor I grew up in, Chicksett Bay, lived there for like 25 years. They got hit very bad. Um, the surrounding areas around there in Garrison Beach, very bad. Uh, worse than, you, you know, I think the media is even showing, to be honest, because it's small parts, you know. Um, my, uh, the block I grew up on in particular, East 21st Street, was like flooded out. I mean, anyone who lived on the, anyone's basement, total, anyone's. Um, first floor, majority of people's first floors. Or, I mean, it's just, no one thought this was really going to be like this. I mean, don't get me wrong, there were, you know, evacuations or whatever, and they, they kind of said it would be like this, but uh, Garrison Beach, which is a small part in, like, bottom of Brooklyn, real south of Brooklyn, um, was not a zone A. And the, I was reading it today, of the 3,000 homes, just about every one of them was flooded. They, they literally put a statistic that said, no, there was every single one that had a basement or first world flood. I mean, really? Like, the whole neighborhood? And, you know, uh, the, the volunteer firehouse that's there, my band, The Last Stand, we're doing a show next week, uh, this coming Friday, uh, to, to give money for them because, you know, unlike regular firehouses, volunteer firehouses, they yeah. don't have the same uh, funding and things like that. My dad's a volunteer. Exactly. So, so um, it's not like the regular FDMY. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, you know, there's benefits popping up here and there all over the place with different groups of people and everything. But, you know, thankfully, like, my immediate family was okay. I mean, my dad in Staten Island also hit very bad um, by the storm. Uh, his block lost power for about three days, but, you know, that's about it. But some other people I know, and, uh, you know, maybe not 
directly, but friends of friends have lost homes. Um, people I know in Breezy Point, the house is burned to the ground. A um, hundred homes burned? I mean, that's just like unfathomable. I mean, they're friends of mine that have told me that it, it, it reminds them of like, like a post-war landscape in certain parts of Staten Island and Rockaway. It's just like, you don't think you are what you are if you go there. And I was reading today a paper about Coney Island. Also, worse than you think it is, um, tons of stuff is still closed three weeks later. Uh, things have not reopened. Um, the, the goal, I think, down there is, and, and in, believe it or not, Rockaway, is to be okay by, like, May, or to have things open by May, which is, is the, the, the lifeblood and livelihood of places like Rockaway and Coney Island, of course, is the summer. But uh, who knows? The Coyote Museum, you know that museum? Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the, the second floor is fine. The whole first floor was, is bad. Um, tons of damage, thousands of dollars of damage. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just really sad, you know, because Brooklyn, like I said, isn't really used to this kind of weather. Um, and New York City isn't used to this kind of weather. There have been hurricanes, but nothing like this has ever really happened in, like, New York City proper. So it's it's been pretty crazy. The only thing that comes to mind is that blizzard we had a couple of years ago. Yeah. It shut yeah. the whole city mm-hmm. down for Sure, a sure. You know, but I mean, you know, for me, it was like I came back from tour and I was <laughs> totally unaware of any, because, you know, we were traveling different mm-hmm. states and whatever, like, you know, Chicago, mm-hmm. Miami, like places, you know, where I didn't, wasn't really aware of what was going on here. But I remember mm-hmm. going back Saturday and the storm hit Sunday night. That was like two winters ago. Because last winter we had like nothing. So yeah, that's what two winters ago. Yeah. And I just remember laying on the couch, like sleeping late. My mom called. And she was like, "Oh, you, you know, are you ready for? Are you prepared? What are you talking about?" You know. But, and then, then like I didn't really pay attention to it until around seven o'clock when the um, subway went down. <laughs> they shut down the subway. And I'm like, "Wait, yeah. okay." Then my internet went off, mm. and then I realized that. From the last storm, I realized that Zone A started, like, right at the end of my block. Uh, and <laughs> I, at that point, I was like, I better get the hell out of here. It's like, <laughs> though I'm in a Zone B, like, that right, line right. between zone, zone A and Zone B is, like, an arbitrary line. Yeah. And the thing that, I mean, I, I had some food, and I wasn't too worried. I live on the third floor. But yeah. the thing that bothered me was the fact that, like, if this whole area got flooded, someone would have to rescue Yes, yes, the thing about living out there. Some fireman or whatever would have to come up here and like carry me down to like a raft and oh, yeah. me away. You'll be that guy getting carried. Yeah, yeah. I was just like one of the, was, that's what motivated me to get out of here. So, so I, you know, I got a car service and I went over to Graves End, like a Zone C, and I hung out with my girlfriend for two days. Yep, I uh, it's it's just you know I, they're predicting some crazy stuff for this winter. I guess we'll wait and see. You know, I mean. The thing about snow is that, well, snow melts. Hurricane's a damn hurricane, you know? I mean, 100-mile-an-hour yeah. wind versus a foot of snow, I'll take the foot of snow. Jeez, right? Uh, the raging fires that are being blown from the hurricane beats the snow, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's like a big fear of my life. My entire living being burned to the ground. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. It's just, I, I can't imagine, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, the one of the things that really got to got hammered home through this whole experience is that if there anything this is the last place I would ever want to be if anything really heavy happened. <laughs> you know, because I remember even trying to go to work, you know, mm. we 
Yeah. After that, uh, Manhattan, like Lower Manhattan, had no power for like a really long time. About two weeks, just about. Um, yeah, it's not a crazy thing, man. I mean, you, like the pictures you would see online of Lower Manhattan looked like like a disaster movie. You know? Yeah, it's like it's like warm. you know, like I'm Legend or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and and even the whole East Side all the way up to Thirty Fourth Street, none, none of none of the subways, you know, were, were going to the city for a long time. I take the L train. There was no There was no L train. For, at all, for like no 12 G. Yeah. I take the no G, G and the L. Mm-hmm. Both of them were, were the last two trains to be brought back <laughs> in service. So the only way to get into the city for me was to take a ferry, mm-hmm. which I do occasionally on my own anyway. But every other motherfucker in this area was taking a ferry. Right. Yeah. So the 7 o'clock ferry, you still walk right up like five minutes till, get on, there's like nine people on it. I had to show up to get online. Oh. At twenty after six, oh, that sucks. And then catch a, a shuttle bus across town to Seventh Avenue, where I work on Thirty Fourth Street. Mm. And but this is the most intense thing, though. It's like at seven a.m. It's still dark for the most part. It's wow. Starting to get yeah, especially now. Yeah, the whole east side where there was not a single light on. Wow. So all the apartment buildings, the streetlights, everything was in utter, complete darkness. Mm. So it's like you know you're rolling through. Some apocalyptic landscape, some <laughs> urban apocalypse, and then you start hitting lights like around Sixth Avenue, and then you know when you get to like Penn Station area, it's everything's fine. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Midtown, Midtown, and like Financial District, Wall Street, those will always be fine because that's where the money is. You know, like yeah. the, New York, the, the mayor will always take care of that first. You know, that's that's, that's just the way it goes. Right. Yeah. But but also, storm, if you're in Midtown, the storm didn't happen. You know, if you, the storm didn't happen in Broadway. The storm didn't happen in certain parts. You go to other parts, there's a storm. You know, it's crazy. You know, there was just a, you know a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was it was really really intense. You know, just getting to work. You know, and then actually that first day that I went back to work, you know, when I'm on the ferry, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, cool. Like the ferry service stop at six. Yeah, I'm gonna leave a little early, so I left my job. At, like, Everyone's leaving. I left my job at three thirty, oh and it was God. there was a fucking line stretching three blocks. Oh, I wow. almost, I almost did not get on at six o'clock ferry. Stay at work till ten, then get on. So, yeah, so it was, it was a real like you start realizing just how all these systems mm. are just so fragile, man. Well, look, man, you take the train to New York, just get a good look at your subway state. Look how old damn subways are. Look how old some of the stations are, well over 100 years old, yeah. or almost 100 years old, in the 80s or 90s, age-wise. And I don't think there have been too many upgrades or major changes in the actual running of the subway. Let's be honest. There probably hasn't been a whole hell of a lot to change. Aside from the construction of the cars themselves, which has obviously changed, um, and I feel like when a whole bunch of salt seawater oh, yeah, yeah. hits these things, it destroys it. Just like when it's a major snowstorm, it, they shut down. New York sometimes in a heavy rain, man. The subways are affected in a heavy rainstorm, so of course this screwed up tons of stuff. And even the path train, which is, is not as old as the subway system, I don't think that no, was not, just not for, yeah. Right, exactly. So it's like, I don't know, who knows what the subway, subways of the future are going, are going to be, but hopefully they'll be a little more equipped for these things, but you can't be so equipped, too equipped for a storm like this, you know? No, like, It's just, it's age. I mean, these, these are old systems, what are you going to do? 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and then the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, I'm a big uh, fan of Graham Hancock, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. And he writes a lot about, like, ancient civilizations and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of his, his take on things is that, um, you know, humankind, like humanity, had actually reached a technological level equal to or greater than what we are now, mm-hmm. prior to, like, the pyramids. Oh, wow. And then, you know, some natural disaster or asteroid or, you know, fucking disease or something like that. Or something in the, in the next few weeks on the 21st of December. You know, came and, like, <laughs> like sort of set everything back. And then a lot of these, like, technologies and a lot of the history of these ancient civilizations is lost. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, he also has a book called Underworld, which is about, like, cities that are basically submerged underwater. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, sort of. You know, proposing that these are Atlantis and all this other stuff. So a lot of me, I'm thinking, like, man, like, 20 years, like, New York City could be underwater. Very possible. You know, this could be, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, you saw it. Like, well, no, man, I know. It's, it's, it's dangerously close to it this time around. We got lucky. Yeah. Because they even said, I mean, it, they're calling it Superstorm Sandy and some are calling it Hurricane Sandy. So does that mean if this was the full-blown Hurricane Sandy, would it have been even worse? I mean, it's just like, wow. Actually, it's, it's, it was a hurricane mixed with a winter storm. Okay. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's, that's you know, I think that's what it what right. it, you know, sort of hinting at. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, I'm thinking about moving to higher ground. I'm <laughs> thinking about getting to, you know, someplace where I can get off the grid, you mm-hmm. know, get my own power yes. supply, emergency generator, storage of food. Because <laughs> the other thing, too, man, it's like, I, I, I read some statistic where if any real disaster happened, you should have 10 days of supplies, because that's how yeah. long it's going to take for someone to get to you. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, uh, it's funny, at my job, every there these, uh, every every desk has a bag, a, a go bag, it's called. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's basically like a knapsack with water, batteries, gloves, a poncho. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, there's, I mean, there's some interesting stuff in the bag. And, you know, two or three times a year, there's the major, you know, these fire drills, you got to take the bag with you. Really? And we go across the street to Bryant Park. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Wow. Um, and, you know, I admit, I do not have one at home, and I probably should. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty prepared in a lot of departments, but I don't have a bug out bag. No, you know, no, bag. no. And, um... On, on the subject, uh, any faith whatsoever in the December 21st theories? Any? Do I? Yeah. Any? I gotta be honest. I probably had some, maybe uh, maybe about two years ago, three years ago, when I really kind of read a little more about it. And as time has passed, and all these other silly dates pop up and things like that, you know, I don't know. I have a funny feeling it's going to be just another day. Will there be some kookiness that day? Perhaps. There's a lot of kooks out there, yeah. so who knows what, you know, throughout the world what could be happening, but probably just another day. Well, specifically addressing, like, the Mayan calendar, the Mayans never said the end of the world was coming on the 21st. Not the end of the world. They're saying, no. like, a change in, like, a change in the cycle, a change, like, some, some paradigm change, mm-hmm. or, you know, a change in consciousness, or whatever, you know. Or, mm-hmm. And then there's also another school of thought saying that their the calendar date corresponding with the 21st is off by like a couple hundred <laughs> years or something. Right. But the thing is, though, it's like, 
if enough people believe in something, there's like a, a way that that thing gets manifested yes. somehow. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like if enough people believe in that, some event is going to happen that some hysteria might erupt or whatever. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I actually am interested in is there's uh, the sunspot activity, which is, um, you know, there there's like these sunspots which mm-hmm. may actually knock out some of the um, like uh, electronic communication. Mm. So when, around around, around this that time, time. Around oh, that's time. So I mean that that could be a paradigm change, man. If suddenly every hard drive on the world was erased. <laughs> wow. Every satellite fucking just went out, you know, got thrown off off axis. That would be interesting. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that could change a lot of things for people, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, or it might just be a blip that recovers within 24 hours. Who knows? True, true. You know, that, that's really what a lot of people are thinking about, too. I, mean, I, I don't know if you, there's, like, uh, Michio Kaku, who's, like, uh, a physicist who writes about, um, he writes about a lot of things like quantum mechanics and whatnot, but he writes it in layman's terms. We can understand what he's talking about, you mm-hmm. know. Try to think of a book on that shit, you know. It's all right. literally no, true. But this guy breaks it down in a way where you can understand it. And he has, you look on YouTube, he talks about this stuff in detail, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that he's, you know, concerned about. A lot of, like, sort of high-level, you know, phys- physicists and whatnot are concerned about the, you know, the, the sunspot activity. Cool. So, I mean, that, you know, do I think, like, the Anunnaki are coming back to, like, <laughs> you know, or, like, uh, you know, the planet Nibiru is going to smash into the planet Earth and, by now we would know about that. You know, the tool, maybe. You know, no, that, would be, that would be nice. Yeah. Let's just let's have him just exist. He, he, the beast of the sea. That would be interesting. That's yes. still something interesting. Nothing that interesting is going to happen. No. But uh, looking ahead to 2013, I actually jotted down some some music yeah, in 2013. Uh, at least confirmed bands that are putting out records in 2013 that I like. Uh, Autopsy is putting oh, out a new record. Shit. They're banging it out. Very glad to have them back together. Finally got to see them in 2012 for the first time after being a fan for 20 years, and they were great. Uh, our friends Black Anvil will be yep. putting out a record Absolutely. in uh, 2013. I've heard demos. I'm sure you have. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. There's going to be a Black Sabbath album in 2013. Oh, yeah. shit. With, not, with Bill Ward, not on it. It's being made as we sit right here and talk. It's being made, actually. Um, Intube is going to put out a new record in 2013. I'm very curious to hear that. Could be good. Uh, Godflesh is making a new record, apparently, for next year. You know what? I didn't know that. And they I'm are surprised they, they are making that. a new record. That's what I'm according to the sources. Uh, a new one from Immolation. They don't make bad records. No. Porto will have a new record in 2013. I expected that. Yeah. Satyricon will have a new record in 2013. They haven't had one in a couple Could of years. Could be... Outstanding. Yes, could be outstanding. Could be. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. They they reinvent themselves a lot, as we know. Uh, Suffocation's album is coming out in February. Never disappointed. Never disappointed. One of the bands I enjoy, Terror, uh, coming out with a new record. No comment. Um, a band called Tombs is supposed to be coming out with a new record in 2013 at some point. I'm hoping to. He's hoping to. Uh, Voivod is coming out with a new record in 2013. I want to hear that. That's... Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were doing a new album. Yes, they are. That's mm-hmm. like going to be like a very anticipated thing for me too. Uh, our friends Watane made the move to Century Media, which I could have called myself. Um, now, could this be the record 
I mean, let's be honest. They're probably the biggest black metal band in the world. For all touring black metal bands. Yeah, well, for all the services. Um, every show you, I've seen them at, you've seen them at, that's been the full house. Every, most people we know like them. They're very, very well-liked band. What they're going to do on a new record, will it be, you think, maybe a little more of the same? Or something that's, like, going to put them over the top? What do you think? All right, first of all, I don't back Watani anymore. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you why. Because they fucking... I've heard from a lot of people that they've killed cats on tour. Ooh. And, and, you know, I'm a cat lover. Mm, me too. I own a cat myself. I, can't, I just can't get down with that. Mm. You know, and all that, like, satanic, like, mumbo-jumbo, I think, bullshit, you know what I mean? Well. And, uh, you know, whatever they they think they believe, in my opinion, you know, I'm just not into it. If they are indeed killing cats themselves on tour, obviously I can't get behind that. Right. If they're having some dude fetch a roadkill, that's a different story. If they're having somebody, you know, uh, whatever, I mean... Who, who knows if this is a uh, I heard very close. <laughs> someone, someone very close to them. Uh-huh. Told me, so, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to name names. Oh, no, like, no, you know, no. I know, I know that, you know, that might get some ret- retribution. Exactly. You know, and uh, so, yeah, I can't back that. And, mm-hmm. and I've sort of fallen out of, uh, you know, like their whole satanic trip is sort of like, like very, you think it's a gimmick, Mike? I don't know. I don't think it's a gimmick. I think they really believe in that in mm-hmm. what they're doing. But I think that if you're... It's like, I don't think being a Satanist is very transgressive because you're acknowledging, like, the Judeo-Christian... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's always been one way of looking at it for some people who have, yeah. you know, um, even going back to the whole uh, early 90s Norway thing, one of the reasons why some of those guys rejected Anton LaVey is because they looked at it as, as, as being a branch of Christianity, practically. Or a branch of real organized, of just of just another organized religion. Yeah. And being completely associated with uh, God and, and, you know, Christianity to a degree. Yeah. So I can see what you're saying. I mean, to me, it's like just like an inversion of Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, you're, it's like you're reacting to another, like, fantasy religion. It's mm. like Christianity, right? Right. And exactly. like my 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 like worldview on on the sort of monotheistic religions like that is mm-hmm. that you know once again it's like uh, those religions like Judaism, Islam, Christianity, mm-hmm. and now Satanism or mm-hmm. whatever are all developed to control people. You know. Now, if you want to be one of those Satanists who's like, I'm into personal freedom and all this other right. stuff, I'm down with that because mm-hmm. like the pen- pentagrams play very heavily in human collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's like a symbol that's been around that predates any Christianity. Exactly. And I'm behind, you know, you know using the pentagram as like symbols. symbols sure, like sure. Symbols, you know, in general, sort of play into like the human collective subconscious, you know. Mm-hmm. But like this this like Hessian idea of like, you know, this like Richard Ramirez like Satan worship yeah. and shit to me is mm-hmm. just like well, I would at least say Wattain is a bit more um, intelligent than, than that, but I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, mean, they're a great band. I think their mm-hmm. music's outstanding, and I think that I, I really, I have most of their records, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'll see. I mean, I, I, I probably will not be supporting them anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
It's too bad. You know? Yeah. And, um... I mean, that's a real thing, man. No. It, you know? I tell you, I'm going to do some research. Yeah. And I, it's, if it is true, it is terrible. And if it's not something that's like, uh, obviously not common knowledge, I think almost anyone would be offended by it. But except for maybe, of course, the, the Richard Ramirez's of the world, as you say. Yeah. Um, but uh, who knows? I mean, look. At the end of the day, it's it's their entertainers, and yeah. if that's something that they want people to know that they do, or let it be known that they do, or true or false, then hey, that's on them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's up to you, or I, or whoever the listener to decide if this is something, you know, uh, you don't want to support them because of it anymore, or you think it's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be on, like, some sort of PETA, like, straight-edge, vegan, mm-hmm. hardcore trip, but it's, like, right, right. I'm just saying, like, if you, you know, like, if you're you know, like, presenting yourself as these, like, satanic warriors, you know, mm-hmm. these, like, wolf guys or whatever, you know, it's, like, why not pick something that's a little bit more challenging to kill? Mm. Ah, uh, like a man. Like, kill some dude, you know? Right, exactly. Go all the way with things. Like your forefathers did. Kill people. You know, like, like if you're going to pick, like, the wolf totem and just be like, yeah, we're wolves, mm-hmm. like, why don't you actually be a predator, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's my trip. It's like, you know, what actual power could you get from killing a cat? None. You know, or killing some animal that's, like, much easier to kill. And even going back to uh, the... the, the, the Look at that! This attack violence completely against that. Okay? That sacrifice at 100%. Blatantly says it multiple times. So, and uh, and any you know uh, uh, someone involved in Wicca, uh, legitimate uh, you know pagan practices, I would dare say probably wouldn't touch an animal. You know? Yeah, well, I think that the, the, you know, animal sacrifice definitely played into like some pre-Christian. The ain't oh yeah, the you know, but I'm talking the more modern. Yeah, more modern Wiccans probably are into that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't subscribe to any religion really. I mean, I don't. No. I mean, I have spiritual beliefs which are not specific, you know. But I think like you know, it, I I'm not, I'm not opposed to animal sacrifice, but mm-hmm. just for like you know, wanton killing. For the sake of killing, yeah, like kind of for like, shock value, yes, yeah. not, yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. I but on the other hand, you know, they're I like their records, you know, but I'm I'm not such a fan anymore. Mm, not as gung ho. No, yeah. you know, and it's like I think that it's a little weak to do that, and uh, especially as an entertainer, because you know, basically no, at the end of the day, yeah, they're a rock and roll band. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know you can. I think it's great. It's good to have some sort of like belief behind what you're doing. Absolutely, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're still accountable, and there's still consequences to everything you do. Mm-hmm. And, and the consequence is that I think you're a douchebag. <laughs> and that, hey, a small consequence. Sure. I, have my, I have a very little voice. You know, no, so. exactly, man. You speak in your mind. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, yeah, one of my projects has going to be coming out at the end of January, last end. Uh, January 22nd on Eulogy Recordings. I'm pretty excited about it. And I uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Is and that more of a full-time gig for you now? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we're definitely a lot busier than Human. And Human is still together, but it's just, um, 
a do it when we can kind of thing. Whereas the last stand is more serious because we have a new record to promote and we have, you know what I'm saying? We have, we have something we want to get out there and get heard that we're excited about. So, you know, the human hasn't written music in a while, but we, we, we want to this year and we probably will this year, but, um, putting out the vials is cool. And it's also a way to kind of keep out there too, you know? Yeah. So the, the less rights vinyl is going to happen. So, and then later on, because uh, UMG doesn't do vinyl, another label's going to do the vinyl for the last stand. This is going to be out on, on digital CD uh, at the end of January, 22nd. So I think the vinyl will be out in the people. And uh, we're figuring out who's doing that now. So, pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good pain in the ass. It's good to be busy, you know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, who knows? This year, a lot of good bands are putting stuff out, and it seems like, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see just the, the musical landscape about, you know, uh, touring. I mean, it, it, we're still in a, in a freaking recession, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? definitely. It, it, it's four years. It's still here. Um, it hasn't really changed all that much. Um you know, it's still expensive as hell to tour and, and, and you know, uh, for bands in the underground to come out and tour and put out records. And, you know, it's, it's harder than ever to do that unless, of course, you're a pop group. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what this year brings. If it brings more kids, less kids, who knows, you know? Definitely certain parts of the country are still getting really yeah. hard. Mm -hmm. You know, we just came back from being on tour in uh, the Midwest and whatnot. And that, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard times out there, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the major cities are different, definitely, you know, bouncing back a little more. Right. Like we, we, you know, we played Chicago, we played New York, we played, you know, um, like Boston, mm -hmm. towns like that, which are a little bit more, I would say, bouncing back. Yeah, definitely. But you also, you have, you have your St. Louis's, you got yeah. Indianapolis's, which are, like, still, you know, I'm sure pretty hard times, mm -hmm. you know. But, uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, who knows if, if uh, Obama's second term will do anything. We should see. Or more of the same, nothing. So uh, <laughs> I just uh, changed my political affiliation to libertarianism. Ah, see, I'm still registered independent. Yeah. I uh, I have the fr I can I can you know anybody can vote for whatever they want. I just haven't felt that either of those two parties, the Republican and Democratic, have. Just been there to float my boat either way, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're both heavily backed by corporations, man. Mm -hmm. And then if there's anyone that believes that the Democrats or the Republicans actually run this country, they're fucking pulling the wool in their own eyes because corporations and big money, big business, they want everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's who's, who's, de you know, depicting, or, or so, I'm sorry, not depicting, but that's who's, uh, who's telling you what you're putting in your body and mm -hmm. what you do with your body. And yeah. that's, they're the ones who are calling the shots, man. And that's really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hopefully in the future, you know, there'll be a, a, a solid third party that gets, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's always, I mean, there's always been third parties and there's always been, you know, uh, non-Republican, non-Democrat, obviously, way of thinking. But at the end of the day, I feel like People still feel like they only have two choices. You know exactly. What I'm yeah. Right? Because, and that should change. And I, it may not change in my lifetime, but I hope it changes. You know? Well, the Green Party and the Libertarian Party got a lot of they got a lot of votes this time. No. Yeah. You know, but they're still French. It's, it's still French. French. That's what I mean. It yeah. needs. To, it would be nice if it wasn't French. Is what I'm saying. You know. 
I feel like Ron Paul, as unpopular as some of the stuff about him came out, mm -hmm. if he'd actually, I mean, I understand he why. He said a lot of great things. Yeah. He definitely did. He definitely made a lot of people People were hoping. Eyebrows, you know? People were hoping that he would actually run as a candidate. Mm -hmm. But I understand for him, remaining with the Republicans, because by going libertarian, you know, he might have further marginalized himself. Yeah. But they need, I feel like the Libertarian Party needs someone like that to rally behind who has a more of a higher profile. You know, I mean, they have Jesse Ventura, which, you know. <laughs> no, I like him a lot. You know what? He's crazy, yeah. but I like him. I mean, but. I agree with success. Yeah. yeah, why not, man? You know, we have, a, we have a, an actor as a president. You yeah. Know I mean, like, why not have a, a pro wrestler who's revered, you know? And, and as, a vet, as years know? go on, Ronald Reagan is, is even more revered. Yeah. I don't know. Some people look at him as. Yeah. As like his hero, hero, and I don't know, man. He was he was good and all, but I don't know. He was did some pretty bad things. Yeah, he was sketchy. Yeah, he was sketchy. He uh, man ignored the AIDS crisis for eight years. So hey, you know. All I can say is I'm open to suggestions, man, for the next exactly four years. <laughs> open to suggestions. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's see if the Republicans learn the lesson this year. Old, white, and crazy is not the way to go. I'm sorry. That's oh, I'm sorry. Old, white, crazy, and super religious. Probably should tone down some of those things. I don't know. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look to some other things, perhaps. I was terrified by Ron. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He yeah. was his crazy-ass wife. Robots. You know, Robot and, children. And, plastic and like, the values. most offensive thing was, like, her championing, like, her, you know, Ron's wife talking about, you this is Ron, about, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm for women. And it's the stay-at-home <laughs> mom. It's like, who... In this day and age, can afford to, to have be a stay-at-home stay mom. Let's be honest. Mitt Romney legitimately thought that... Now, I'm pretty sure... He, he said that, like, um, the middle class... What, that was that, about 200000 a year? Like, he thought that, like... Yeah, he thought, he thought that 200000 a year was, like, a basic uh, annual income for yeah. a middle class person. Wow! Totally out of touch. Wow, that's out of touch. That's no idea what's going on. Holy crap, dude. Yeah. You know, just all of those, like, pulling up by the bootstraps, like, Republican motherfuckers have mm -hmm. no fucking idea. Because none of those motherfuckers have had to start from scratch. No, they don't come no. from middle-class backgrounds. They're not blue-collar. They've had an infusion of money in the beginning of all of their endeavors. Oh, yeah. So they don't know anything about pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. Um, Obama was not dirt poor, but he was never rich. Yeah. Uh, he, the man worked. He, he came from fairly humble beginnings. You know, broken home. I mean, God. I mean, it, I don't know exactly. Potswogger. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It just more to me, more positives than negatives, and that's why I vote for him. So, yeah, he could have he could have been the same Barack Obama with the word Republican, and I would have voted for that for Barack Obama with the same history as Republican, just because. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, like. Uh, who knows? Republicans just don't get candidates that I look at them and I look at their history and I go, I get it, man. Or I can get behind that. Or I I have some type of resemblance to your life. Like, you know what I'm saying? They yeah, don't you get can't relate to them, man. That have way too much religion, way too much yep. money, way too much just anti, too many things. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They need to just find somebody that is a bit more normal. I don't know. I don't even know if normal is the right word. Just relatable? I don't know, right? I mean... Can't relate to them. Exactly, mm -hmm. you know, and and that's why you just see this like paper cutout of a of, like just filled with like 
dogmatic ideas that you can't relate to, and that's mm-hmm. what. You, I mean, there was no alternatives, man. It's like I don't agree with Barack Obama. Like I don't think that he's like the best representative no, of this country, no. but also he's like the worst, the less evil guy. Exactly. I mean, Barack Obama, remember, did sign in all those amendments to the NDAA. <laughs> yes, he did. You know did. what I'm saying? Like, so he's not like this altruistic, you know, for the people and guy. A lot of people think he flirts a little too much with literally communism and socialism, which, hey, maybe he does. Who knows? I mean, I it, some people think the man is a Muslim. He's not. I mean, he's not a Muslim. I mean, really stupid people think that he, he's a Muslim, but... You know, He's, yeah. he, he, he uh, I don't know, but, I mean, he's definitely got some weird stuff to him, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, definitely. Which but, is, blows my mind that he still was able to get reelected. Yes. Like, I even know. all that you're saying, all that stuff, people think he's like a, a Muslim, yeah. or, you know, socialist, but yeah. it's like, they, Republicans, like Romney, still, he's <laughs> fucking lost. overcome I, that. I like, he's still fucking lost. <laughs> and which goes to show you that, how far... Off the script, the Republicans yeah, aren't. I know it's you know? crazy. Yeah, it's insane. They who knows? There'll be some dude coming out of the woodwork for the next four years that people will be like, "Wow, who is this guy?" I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, just like Barack Obama did yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, so. But so <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, it's like, but as long as there's big business, man, like lining, you know, like calling the shots, mm-hmm. you know, how much can you really do? You yeah, know? that's where all, that's where funds always campaigns. You know, you take money from some ma- major corporation to, like, you know, fund your, your, your whole campaign, which you need to be reelected or elected. And then, I, you know, and then, you, know you owe me these favors now. you got to look out, you know, lobbyists, lobby groups, all this stuff, man. Speaking of funds and corporations, I, I, I just hope that this money, because there's a lot of money being raised right now for Hurricane Sandy people in all different sorts of places, I just hope this money reaches the people, you know. Um, I've heard some weird stuff about the Red Cross oh, yeah. in the last few years. Yep. From my dad actually told me some things about the Red Cross that, that their VPs are the highest paid VPs of any nonprofit in the planet and that the people who work for them make more money out of any of the nonprofits in the, ever. I've heard crazy things like that. Exactly. So I just feel like when I hear that and I see all the money they've raised, I'm like, uh oh, I mean I hope that money reaches them. And um that's why I, I feel like if you're going to give, maybe you should give to uh, things that are really local or something where you know where the money is going or where you know where the, the clothes you're giving are going because, I don't know, I mean, I myself, I've, I've definitely given to the Red Cross in recent times, actually, and then, I don't know, just in the past few weeks, I've heard things that maybe probably regret, I don't know, maybe not regret giving it to them because... Hopefully some of the, the, the money obviously gets somewhere. I'm not saying none of it gets there, but I've heard things about the Red Cross that just kind of bummed me out. So that's why, like, if you can do things locally or, uh, you know, uh, if you put a show together where you know that, you, you know, you're going to mail the check to a family or you, you know where you, your resources and things are going, I think that's a great idea. Like, one of the things... Uh, my band is doing is for like a local firehouse. Um, I mean, you know, not everybody in the world is affected by the hurricane, but it's just kind of sad to see that um, uh, people who automatically put their faith in, in certain charities, uh, you, you'd hate to be like duped, you know? I mean, or 
you'd hate to have had just the, the 40 bucks you sent go right to the pocket of a VP. You know, that's kind of crazy. But it, apparently these things are happening. Yeah, that's why I think it's good. There's, like, just more local grassroots mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, benefits, you know, yeah. for, for all these things. And, you know, there are people complaining that, you know, FEMA isn't doing enough and they haven't uh, called disaster areas that are clearly disaster areas, quote-unquote disaster areas. And, wow, what I just, I'm just really fortunate. And I think anybody out there who's fortunate should just kind of keep that in mind, you know, that, you know, be thankful for the things that you freaking have because, man... I, I don't I don't know what the hell I'd do if, if my entire life was burnt to the ground or flooded out, man. I just, oof, it's just a test of wills right there, you know, test of everything. Yeah, I feel fortunate. I mean, I, nothing really happened to me. I yeah, mean, I had some right. inconvenience yeah. going mm-hmm. to work, and uh, yep. yeah, that's about it. You know? Waited a lot longer for the train for about a week, and, yeah, uh, and that was it. That's pretty much it, man. I mean, you know, I'm very grateful that my immediate family is okay, my most friends are okay, you know. New Yorkers can be very resilient, and they definitely have been, but uh, sometimes it takes more than resilience, you know. People out there need help, so I'm just trying to do my part, and, uh, you know, I've given my clothes and shit, and given some money here and there, but, you know, uh, music is my thing, so I'll, I, I'll play any benefit that kind of I can or anything that comes my way, you know? I mean, I just, I think that's cool, especially if it's going to something you know that it's going to help and you know where it's going. That's great. So, yeah. There's my bleeding heart. Yeah, man. That's not really all that bleeding. <laughs> I had, uh, I had Albert Mudrian on earlier this last week. Yeah, I need to hear that one. Yeah, it's up now. Cool. Um, yeah, we're playing that 20, that out uh, in the 20s, yeah. The uh, 100th issue uh, show. Yes, 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 yes. I will be there. You I'm coming with Oh, yeah, sorry. Come I'm coming. Oh, yeah. yeah man, Make room. <laughs> yeah, it should be cool. I'm actually really excited about seeing Evoking play. I've seen them a lot. I remember them when they were a real small band, actually. I saw them play with very few people years ago, and uh, I'm glad to see that they've grown quite yeah. a bit of popularity. They deserve it. Never seen Repulsion. Love Repulsion. Um, you know... Uh, I think it's going to be quite a show. Yeah, I'm most excited about seeing Repulsion in Evoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I saw Evoking once. I haven't seen Miss Voice in a couple of years. They're always fun live. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Pig Destroyer is always... Well, never seen Pig Destroyer. Okay, I forgot that. Could be a crushing band. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I want to hear the new record. Heard all these great things about it. The new record's sick. Actually, talk about runner, Runners Up. The new Pig Destroyer and the Evoking record. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Runners Up. Cool. You know, if we had a top, if I was doing top tens, they'd be in. They exactly. would definitely be in the top ten. But I had to, you know, that top five. Hey, man, it, it makes it more important. Because you can't, when you get to like nine and ten on your list, mm. you're pulling it. It's, it's like if you're number forty in a top forty. Really? Yeah. You're number forty. I mean, come on. It's like if you're doing a top ten list, you're not. Your your ninth and tenth selection could be anything. Mm. That's how I feel about that. But I understand that a decibel or a big magazine has to do a top 40, 20, 50. 40. Yeah. I understand. That. Especially if they've always done it, then, you know, keep, yeah, you know, keep yeah. doing it. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, for, you know, the three or four people that are listening to this right now, who are probably <laughs> one that my parents and, you know, <laughs> cousins and whatever, you know, top five, I think, is enough. Absolutely. Um, who knows? Maybe it'll be, a, a, you know, a neurosis press clip. I kill someone. <laughs> exactly. You never know. You never know. 
Well, I'm getting hungry. Yes, I'm freaking and hungry. Also, tonight, today being Sunday, is uh, Walking Dead night. Yes, that's important. Yeah, yes. so that's another priority for me uh-huh. on Sunday, is watching Walking Dead. You do a whole freaking show and a half about that. But we, we, maybe we should. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, maybe when the season's over. If there's anyone alive, because people are dropping like flies on that show. That's the, that's the thing I love about the show, mm. the comic, is that people die. You, you know, oh, the comics is better than ever. The yeah, comics the comics. Did you read the latest? Oh, I read it two days ago. It was great. Stepped up, man. And and like, you know, t- uh, three or four years from now, Rick could be dead. Oh yeah. You know, it, it looks. It, it, it could, could be going that way. Be <laughs> killed, you know? It could be. Dead. It could all. It could all be about Carl. Like, you know, who knows? Who knows? Or some know. completely yeah. new character. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's how Robert Kirkman probably wants it to. Yeah. He wants you to be like. You know, that really vested in it, but not too vested because your characters could be killed horribly. Well, actually, in a parallel <laughs> thing here, the the uh, Batman, mm-hmm. you know, Dark Knight. Yeah, you've seen it, obviously. Oh yeah, 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 sure, sure. Now, what I love the most about it is like Nolan, class, class act. Mm. Oh yeah, tied up his thing. He did perfectly. He really did. But he left it very open, though. Yes. Like, he tied it up, yet yes. he left it open. Because, I mean, I don't want to say it. I mean, it's not that much of a spoil, but who the hell knows who's going to be Batman in the, in that little future there? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't know. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, I love the ending. I, I yeah. like it a lot. I had no problem with the ending of Batman. Yeah, it was, you know, that Gordon, whatever, Gordon Levin. He was great, was, man. He could be great. Batman. He could totally be yeah. Batman. Or he could be Robin. Who knows? Like, we don't know. We don't I know. think that they're not going to make I know, Robin. yeah. I think that he's going to be like a new Batman. Yeah, that'd be and, interesting. You know, there's going to be more uh, Scarecrow activity. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to have to put Gordon Levitt, whatever his name. What's his name? Joseph Gordon Levitt. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to put him on like a high-protein diet. Got to bulk him up. Higher, higher, higher trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe put him in like a Muay Thai class for a while. And, and get him, get him like a little bit more like testosterone up. I think for the role. But here's the other thing: DC they they, they want to make a, a Justice League movie. Batman is going to be in that movie. However, from what I understand, the Nolan history is going to remain the Nolan story of history, and the Batman in the Justice League movie apparently will have his own kind of. Don't get me wrong. It'll be probably the same type of origin, but it'll be a different. Sorry, that would be a new person. I, I don't think I can't the plan is to have Levitt in the Justice League, but I don't think I can't is. get behind that. <laughs> I don't like that. Honestly, I know. I, I mean, I, I think wish. that's cheap. You know? What I like is what the what Marvel. Yes, is, they're is tying everything. In. Yeah. It's all neatly coordinated, mm-hmm. and all the you know, like Captain America movie was like a pre, you know, sort of preamble, yep. a prelude into the Avengers film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like the Cap and Thor. They're yeah, all it's tied. all tied they're together, all tied. man. Yes. Iron Man. All Love stuff. It. And I think it makes like a really tight, mm-hmm. you know, universe. universe. DC, they've got issues, they've got different rights issues, and I have a feeling Nolan wouldn't even want to throw his his story era into that mix. No. But DC is going to make that movie hell high water. It also is kind of gangster how like <laughs> Nolan, Nolan is like operating outside, oh, of, yeah. outside of the script. Yeah, there. he's like, hell no, yeah. you know, no way. This is my story. It's like Batman has become me, like, in a way. I mean, don't get me wrong. In ten years, could be another director come along and, and redo the whole shit, but yeah. it's going to be a high benchmark. I mean, Jesus oh, Christ. 
I mean, really, you know? It, it's like the, the fucking, like, Apocalypse Now of comic book <laughs> movies, dude. Like, all mm-hmm. three of those together. Oh, yeah. And that's why I cannot wait to get my copy of that goddamn box set. <laughs> I, I mean, it's the shit that December 4th is in this oh, show. Oh, yeah. It's like a holiday. It's yeah. great. I got one for my, I told you I got one. Yeah, for that. Yeah, I bought one of the big uh, four-disc Avengers, man. I love movies. I so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Jesus. So, right. what do you think about this whole Star Wars thing with Disney buying Star Wars? Yay or nay? Initial reaction was nay. Sat with it. It's yay. You know why it's yay? Let's look at Disney's recent track history, yeah, shall we? Totally. They acquired the Muppets. They re... The, the Muppets now... Not only does our era know who the Muppets are... Every kid knows who the Muppets are now. That movie did great. They respected the past. They even tied in the past with the Muppets. I, I'm a Muppets guy. Yes. So, yes. Um, great. They got Marvel. Hello, what a year Marvel had. Yeah. The Avengers. It almost as if Disney takes good things and makes them better. They didn't tamper with Marvel. They didn't tamper with anything. Nope, not at all. They let the Marvel thing kind of do it, run itself. Hell yeah. They have Star Wars. You know what that means to me? Those three new movies are going to destroy those three movies from the ninth, late 90s and early 2000s. That's what I think. I think they're going to be great freaking movies. How do you like that? Lucas no problem with this has guy. also fallen off the, yes, the horse. Yes, yes. He sold it, but who cares? Get it yeah, out of his yeah, hands. I don't care. There's Get it out of his hands. Oh, you, why, so we could ruin it more? Yeah, no way. <laughs> Yo, those three <laughs> movies that he made oh my God. sucked. Yeah, I like yeah. a little bit of the second and a little bit of the third, and that's about it. The one where he tur- where he turns in, or Anakin turns into Darth Vader. That's the like only moments. good one. And the Boba Fett, Django Fett moments with the second one, yeah. I like a lot. I enjoy the one where he turns into. That's the only one I actually. The third back is the is the one where yeah. he turns into Darth Vader. Yeah, there's some and, great moments in that yeah. movie. But fuck it. Yeah, whoever's I'm coming up it. with glad. the next three, mm-hmm. do what you want. Make it good, man. Make it make it relevant. Yes, and. Just, I mean, there's so many things they can do. I mean, Leia and Luke, uh, 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 Han and Leia had children. Luke had children. In the books, there's so much to draw from with the books. Boba Fett lives. I ruined it for everyone. Boba Fett supposedly lived in that, at the end of, uh, he survived that pit thing. Um, in the books, if they go from the books, there's a wealth of, of fantastic shit they could do. They even go from the comics. There's been fantastic post-Luke Leia stuff in the comics. There's so much they can do, so you know what? Who knows? Bring it on. That's what I said, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. Initial reaction was definitely like, oh my God, what did you do that? Yeah, for? but they, they didn't do anything anymore. No, they did nothing. It got better. It's, it's, they, I looked at the track record, and I was like, wait a minute. You know, like, their acquisitions of, like, the Jim Henson world and the Marvel world. It's like, whoa. Like, the, now these things will live forever. Like, it's like, yeah, wow. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. These things will probably live forever, but Muppets was like in a limbo for a while and was kind of the brain was kind of hurting for a while not not anymore so you know yeah and, and I could I could definitely you know use some more Star Wars oh hells yeah I mean who do you think's going to direct this there's I, a couple of names I heard being thrown around I know there's writer names being thrown around there's director names being thrown around if it's going to come out in 2015 they got to start filming in 2013 so who knows yeah it'll, it'll come out soon I've heard John Favreau's name. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard Christopher Nolan's name. Yeah, oh my God, imagine. But I heard he also told them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Favreau, I, I get down with him. 
Sure, man. Iron Man's fantastic movie. But uh, wait, it's a wait and see, man. I'm I'm totally okay with it, and I think fan, people our age, older fans, should also be okay with it because Disney doesn't necessarily have to mean the, the death of, of anything. It just means it can be in the hands of people who care and who have a future. Totally. <laughs> you know, I mean, Jesus. Okay, it's a wait and see. <laughs> All right, man. So getting hungry. Also, in a few hours, we got Walking Dead, and also Comic Book Man, another show I like. I'm, I'm liking Comic Book Man. First, I was kind of, uh, now I got I got a kick out of Comic Book Man. I enjoy it. Well, I, I like Kevin Smith and that whole little mm-hmm. crew. His guests. They're very, like, it's, they're very uh, relatable kind of guys, you know, if you read comics. Did I tell you, uh, when they screened Red State last year, I, I drove, well, only me and Chen, Ming Chen. Oh, okay. but I went down <laughs> to uh, one of the Jersey showings. Oh, wow. Even though it was playing at IFC, oh. the same thing. <laughs> Jacqueline and I drove down to uh, some random town in New Jersey, and there was oh, wow. like literally three people there. Oh my god! And Ming Chen was one. Of them. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the the IFC showing was was pretty packed. I heard. Mm. You know, I mean, we were literally like I'd never even heard of this town. Mm. Wow. And it was like being shown at this like Jewish uh, like community center. Mm. That no one probably was able to find. Wow. So we just, you know, ended up there. It was fun. Interesting. Yeah. Red, Red State was cool, man. I, I'm behind. I gotta see. I'm, I'm freaking Dude. behind. I can't believe I haven't seen do it. So, do me a favor. I'm probably just gonna buy it. I'm probably just gonna, like, yeah. probably gonna blind. Do me a favor uh, and do yourself a favor. Mm. See it. I'm gonna see Soon. it. Soon. It's good. It's on Netflix. Oh, we want everyone to see Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh, hell yeah. I still don't know what that goddamn movie's about. I loved it, though. Dude. I gotta tell you. That's, that's a whole other... It's about <laughs> deep, deep psychedelic experience. Oh, man. my God, right? Yeah. I enjoyed that movie, man. It what was great. What a crazy-ass movie. Yeah. I watched it twice. See, I I may have to watch it again. Yeah. I gotta be honest. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny, it, it, I have the Blu-ray. It comes with pretty much no extra. Like, a trailer and just... Yeah. I don't think the director wants you to know anything about like no behind the scenes nothing like you know interesting movie Beyond the Black Rainbow it, it reminded me of like a Jodorowsky film almost yes like it had like that sort of um, take it like you you take it for what you like your view of it your trip on it is yours and yours and yours and yours there's no set anything and the director but I, I have a feeling the director had an objective though like mm-hmm. similar to like you know, if you watch Holy Mountain or you know or El Topo or something like that like you know, Jodorowsky has his own very specific thing going on, but and maybe like after repeated viewings, you key into that. But I feel like it's like that very much that kind of film because mm-hmm. there's definitely and I couldn't put my hands around what he was trying to say. <laughs> it was like there's something going on. I I've kind of stayed away from a lot of the the, the, the posts about it on like IMDb and things, but now I kind of want to dive headfirst into, into a lot of people's views on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's it's crazy stuff. Jordowski, Cronenberg, uh, like just crazy 70s, 80s, mindfuck movies. That's what this movie is. And I feel like a lot, I've heard a lot of people don't like it. Yes, yeah, that's the thing. It, it, you're not strapping yourself in to, to watch, you know, Star Wars, or, or, or even The Shining. You're, you're strapping yourself in to watch something that, if you have a shitty attention span, if you're, if you're, I don't know, it's not for everybody. It's no, not for everybody. definitely it's not. not. If you're into experimental, weird, 
strange things that will make you think about things, then this is the movie for you. And if you like uh, keyboard synthesizer heavy music, this is the movie for you. Yeah, man. Great soundtrack. Yes, very interesting Good soundtrack. Score. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's a crazy movie. Yeah, the only thing I could say is like similarities to maybe seven or eight grams of mushrooms <laughs> and like a completely dark room. That's really what I what I can say similar to. But yeah. And it's what you thought the future was going to be in the early 80s. But it's funny. It, it's the kind of movie that if I saw as a child, I would have thought that 2012 would be just like that. Yeah. yeah. And you're watching in 2012 and it takes place in 1983. And man, it's nothing like that 2012. <laughs> Well, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, who's, been, who's been checking this out. Thank Appreciate you for having me, Mike. And uh, I'd like to thank Mike, my esteemed guest here, for yep. coming by all the way out here in Greenpoint. Yes, from Bay Ridge. From Bay Ridge. <laughs> and uh, once again, if you enjoyed this, uh, please subscribe via iTunes. I appreciate everyone checking the streaming version of the, of the podcast, but also remember iTunes subscriptions will ensure that you don't miss a single episode. Mm-hmm. And also you will uh, um, download some of the past episodes previous to this uh, new revamping of the site, which you might not be able to find those, like if you are just looking at the new site for now. So anyway, uh, can we get some food or something yeah, like that? Yeah, definitely. So I think we might get some burritos or whatever. <laughs> so, all right, man. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Cheers. Take care.